Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist, also a keynote and TEDx speaker, and the author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. That's your source of information for all kinds of things related to wellness, positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other wellness-related information. It's also the place where you can suggest guests for upcoming podcasts. As listeners are well aware, we typically have guests on these podcasts, but not just any kinds of guests, but guests who lead their own lives enthusiastically and have different ways of helping us to become the best versions of ourselves. And in that regard, I'm especially honored to have Rob Hiller join us. Rob is one of the nation's foremost executive coaches and talent experts. He's the founder and CEO of Performance Solutions MN in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, which for more than 20 years has helped leaders and organizations across the country identify, attract, and develop talent. Rob is a certified professional behavioral analyst, results coach, and talent assessment expert who has evaluated more than 23,000 individuals. Everyone from business sales staff to senior managers at Fortune 500 companies. His efforts have led to dramatic improvements in people's personal lives and in their effectiveness at work, as well as in company profit margins. His clients use words such as empowering and inspiring to describe Rob's impact. Rob is a man of strong spiritual faith. He believes that guiding people toward their purpose is both a gift and mission given to him by God. That same faith, enhanced by the principles that make up the power of three, which we're going to spend considerable time talking about, but that set of principles has enabled Rob to overcome the devastating diagnoses of two new cancers in 2017. Today, happy to report that all traces of those cancers, as well as the previous leukemia, are gone. Rob's new mission is to help people overcome adversity and move forward in life by spreading the message of the power of three to the world. And Rob also has a book that we'll be talking about that articulates his principles mm-hmm. in even more detail. So as you can imagine, I am really enthused beyond my normal enthusiasm to welcome Rob Hiller to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Rob, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Dr. Ron, thank you so much. And I'm telling you, when I was reading over and listening, I mean, this is a great podcast. I hope that more spread the word about this because it is so needed today to hear something positive and ways to kind of overcome. So I'm thrilled like you, we we were just talking. um, This is like a perfect (laughs) platform for us to be uh, chatting. 
I hope we don't wind up being so intertwined with our own things that we forget about the audience because I know <laughs> the the guests that I have are the ones who make the podcast and uh, you really fit in to a T with what we look for in the type of guests who help people to become the best versions of themselves as possible. But I'd like to begin by, uh, I'm always interested in people's journeys. You know, how did you get into your line of work that has obviously expanded over time to be more than just an executive coach and talent expert? Not that that's a small accomplishment, but how did, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey? Sure. Um, I, well, I uh, grew up here in Minnesota and went to St. Olaf College and from there went on, had a number of jobs. And I went from the Xerox to the big, you know, United Technologies, general manager to eventually uh, being a CEO of a high tech company, which grew, 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 grew. And after eight years, I got all tired out and took a, a break and uh, sold my interest in the company. And uh, from that, I decided, what, what should I do with the balance? I'm too young. I'm a young guy to help. And so 25, actually now it's 25 years ago, I started Performance Solutions based on the whole concept that people need to develop. It's, it's part of how you develop being happy and optimistic. And when you stop growing, you start growling. And we don't want to be growlers. So that kind of got me started. And of course, I, you know, evaluated talent and would end up doing strategic planning sessions, leader sessions, coaching sessions. And uh, I think I just hit over 25,000 people. So it's been a great fun. And for all of you uh, listeners, I hope that you find and this book and this message will help you find that purpose for you because when you find your, what I call that part of you that says, wow, that guy, that's natural for me, then you really can sing. And is this something that you find, say, in evaluating people? That, is this one of the things that makes the difference that you can identify that somebody really is, is in sync with, with their wow or whatever you, <laughs> you call it? Well, it certainly is, is part of it. Uh, using five different sciences to delve into that is really helpful. And I, I will tell you that for me, it was vital, you know, when I discovered, I mean, not me, but uh, Mayo Clinic uh, discovered that I had all these cancers. And, you know, I, it, was, it was devastating to get that news. And so I had to activate which is one of the principles, my natural talents and gifts to make it through the next five months, which were, you know, horrendous. But it does begin by knowing who you are and your gifts and evaluating. That's all part of what you get out and you read in the book. But how, what are those natural God-given talents that are just like there for you? And it comes easy and you don't have to work at it that hard. It just is natural. Really, really interesting. So the title of the book is The Power of Three. 
uh, which makes me think that there are three things that kind of stand <laughs> out. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the theory behind it? Or? Sure. So 25 years ago, when I was starting this, I had discovered a number of different things. And I knew that all of the success or things that I had made progress in in my life was the result of, number one, asking the right questions. When you ask the right questions, that begins everything that I think is good and positive that can happen. So for some of your listeners that might be at a stage in their life where there's been the ups and downs of COVID, there's been all the problems that we've had, and especially this past year, people are, are, are down, they're you know disjointed, they're thrown out of the normal routine. And what I have, I started teaching many, many, many years ago, and then of course had to apply to my own life when I started going through all these chemo treatments, is begin by asking the right question, because it is the power of asking that that takes you away from going down what I call rabbit holes, which will send you into despair, uh, despondency, uh, you'll make bad decisions, and you're not going to have good relationships. So I remember, I mean, case in point, I was uh, just driving back from Mayo Clinic with my wife, Pam, and uh, Dr. Preek had done all these tests for a week plus at Mayo. And then he sat down and said, here's what you have. And he said, you don't have one cancer. You don't have two. You have three. Hmm. And... The diet, you know, to me, like one cancer is enough. Two is like, oh my gosh. But three was the trifecta. And so I I said to him, I said, Dr. Preek, I, I I it's hard for me to, to even digest this. Um, what are my chances? And so they were somewhat bleak. So we drove back. I remember that night and probably for those of you at work or you have a boss issue or a child issue or a relationship issue, you've probably asked the same question, but in a different way. I sat down and said, why God is this happening to me right now? This does not seem fair. I'm active in my community. I'm trying to do good. And I have not one, but three cancers. And so the question became, why? The principle we teach in asking the right questions is never to ask why, because there's probably not a real good answer, and it's not going to be helpful anyway, and it leads to being a victim. And when you're a victim, you'll never make it through until you take a different tack by asking a better question. So as soon as I sat down in my office, I remember walking in, I went and sat down and I heard all this. I said, I I was just thinking, you know, we had tears, we were crying. And finally, I just said, that's not the right question to be asked. And that's not what I teach. I need to ask, what can I do right now? What's the next best step? And Pam went and started doing research. Then I said, what's the next best step I can do? And so I thought of what that was, and I began to do it. I I called a friend. I prayed. I talked to her. And we began to slowly ask more of the right questions. And it brought some calmness to the situation. For many of the listeners, I mean, you know, mine happened to be that. Theirs could be a bad boss, a situation with the child. It could be 
that your career is off track. You lost your job. It could be if you're at a different stage in your life, you're wondering, gal, I thought it was going to be a little different this once I retire. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) And um, so those are all keys and the first principle of the power of three, which is learn to ask the right questions. So in your case, it was a a what question. Is that, I mean, how do you know whether you're, you're asking the right question as opposed to continuing to try and figure out why me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Those are covered in the book, but real briefly, there are three types of questions that I teach and they're called DIP questions, discovery, innovative, and proactive. And there's charts in every practice and you can do that in, in, in the book. But the one question not to be asking, if, it, if that helps, is don't ask why, because why doesn't get you anywhere. How, what, and maybe a where question, what should I do? Where could I go? What might that look like? How would I go about doing that? Are positive types of questions. And if you use innovative and some of what I call the proactive questions, they help move you in a much better Way One little side note, since you know a little bit about Minnesota, this is a 100% true story. My dad was in the movie theater business and way back when, when Sound of Music came out and he, I was a little boy, he brought me on the trip to come up to book movies in Minneapolis. We drove in a small, small farm town up there and I, we sat down and they weren't going to let anybody outside of Minneapolis open with the new famous, wonderful show called The Sound of Music. And my dad looked at the guy, uh, the booking agent who made the decision. He said, uh, why wouldn't you want to put it down in southwestern Minnesota? We have 744 seats we could fill every night. What would it be like if you had 744 more seats? This was, by the way, as big or bigger than a lot of the Minneapolis-St. Paul movie theaters. And the guy looked at him and he says, well, Ray, I, I don't think you could afford it. And he says, well, what, tell me what that would be. And he gave him this. And my dad said, how would you like 740 more seats in your number and your count every night and for matinees? And the guy said, okay, but it'll cost you this to get it. And my dad asked some of the greatest questions. I still remember him doing that. And we became the only place, I think, certainly in Minnesota, and I think in the five-state area, that got the movie in a small town of 10,000 people, Marshall. And and The Sound of Music launched and ran for months upon months upon months. And it turned out to be one of the, you know, great shows of all time and, of course, wonderful for our family. Yeah, that's... It's terrific. It's it's one of the few movies that I've seen multiple times. So uh, <laughs> it's a wise thing. But it looks like you uh, inherited the the question asking gene from yeah. your father. So that's that's one. The, the power of three. What comes next after? The, so yeah. after that, I don't know how else to explain it. But when you uh, get chemo, my 
when Dr. Preet that Thursday said, now you go home, come back uh, Monday morning, we're going to start at 7 a.m. I was thinking 7 to 8.30, I'd get chemo maybe and then be done because I had sat with people, uh, some ladies who were getting chemo for breast cancer. And that was an hour to an hour and a half. So I was thinking then I'd be able to come home and it wouldn't be too bad. I left that first day. We started at 7 in the morning and finished at 5 in the afternoon. And that was continuous chemotherapy for 10 hours. I had to activate the most, the gift, one of the gifts that I believe that I was given, which is to try and look optimistically at whatever it was. So when we left and drove home, I was just out of sync. I mean, I was so sick. And um, when I was going through that time, I would sit there in my imagination and look at the bright side of things from a previous year, on the lake, on the boat, playing golf, whatever it was. And I would activate my imagination, in this case, my optimism, which was a particular trait that I think I was given to. uh, And so it's to activate your God-given gifts. So you need to know a little bit what your God-given gifts are. And that's part of of course, in, it's also in the book. I always say that opportunity, uh, adversity is just opportunity disguised. It's such a great book. I, I'm almost hesitant to ask the third thing in the power of three, but I know you're not giving everything away because it all goes gets a, a major explanation. But what is the third thing behind act and activate? Well, if you think of it this way, and I'll go from the activate into the advocate, We, as human beings, are built, in essence, the triangle is ask, activate, and advocate, right? Well, it's the strongest geometric symbol ever given to man. That's why in trigonometry, it's known as that. It's why it's also was used for the pyramids. It's also why when you drove across a bridge, maybe someday, or you did today, the only reason you made it through is because triangles hold it up. When you go uh, trusses, hold up your roof. The floor joists keep your floor so you can walk and it, you know, it doesn't collapse. Those are all triangles. And the, from a, if you are a believer in a Christian faith, of course, the strongest symbol of Christianity is the Trinity. But regardless of all that, the, those three when you ask, activate, and then the advocate part is to connect with your faith, family, and friends. When I was laying on the couch on, for weeks in between these, these treatments, I said to myself, oh my gosh, this is lonely. I mean, this was during the summer of 2017. I had COVID before there was COVID in essence because I had to stay home all the time. So I would sit there and call up people on the phone and say, how are you? And tell me how things are going. I would reach out to them to be an advocate. And then one day, this guy named Roger said to me, Rob, aren't you sick? I heard from Rotary that you are. And he said, yeah. And so, boom, he said, "Uh, are you at home? I said, yes. He says, good, I'll be right over. He hung up. 20 minutes later, he knocked on the door and spent this was in an, after, in an afternoon. He sat there with me for an hour and he became my advocate. So the principle is, as we become advocates for others and they, in return, we get that back. It may not come in that fashion. I never expected that. 
I never asked that, but it came back that way. And I will say one of the strongest things that's happened in my, when I was testing this out, I took 25 liters and I had those people do a three-week challenge. And they, one week they would work on ask, the next week was um, activate, and the final week was advocate. And of those, at the end, I did a survey, 98% or some high, high, high percent said, doing all three of these, but especially that last one, connecting with a faith, their family, and their friends. They would go call up a friend that they, that one of the assignments was, go call a friend you haven't talked to in a while. So I have all these things listed out, you know, like here's a sheet if you want to activate this or you want to become an advocate. Here are some great suggestions. Here are some charts and uh, what you can uh, do with it. So that's a key part of it. And if you do all three, you will overcome whatever it is that's going on in your life. That's so, so terrific, so wonderful to hear. And there's a couple of reactions I have immediately, one of which is what you just suggested is one of the things that I've suggested in helping people deal with COVID, that the loss of social connection is a real concern for a lot of people if they couldn't get out. And just the notion of recalling all the people that you really know, and it's not like, okay, there's maybe this one or two people that you've been in contact with and you're tired of what they've got to say and their complaints and so on. Uh, the ability to not feel like a victim and reach out to others is, is such a, a really positive kind of thing. And we just know that social connection is, right. is, is so critical, even from the standpoint of uh, improving the brain, that staying socially connected improves the brain. I have um, in the book a section on neurochemistry. So how the brain chemically actually activates and deactivates. And I will tell you that the optimism is your number one friend. <laughs> and you know that. I yeah. know that you teach yeah. that. And it is just so true. And the, But there are scientific reasons for that. It's just not a platitude. Sure. Um, and, uh, I'll, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, and it must have been so inspiring to others to have somebody like yourself who was dealing with your own issues to be able to show that you can can be thinking about others, asking how they're doing and so on. And it kind of, number one, normalizes, that may be the wrong word, but sort of normalizes your situation and makes it more comfortable for somebody to come visit you or to not kind of work around you or wonder, you know, if you're the one who, who makes the initial the initial push. So that principle of reaching out, when you're down and depressed or things aren't going well, in general, men seem to hide it and, and take it internally more than many women do. It just seems like that's what statistics say. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, reach out. It will bring you some joy. And if you go with the attitude that what can I be or do for this person, it in turn will come back in different ways. It may not be that particular person or what they say or do, but that's not your intent. The intent is to give. And when you give, eventually it turns around and you become the recipient 
of that. And that is what we would call friendship. Yeah, that's that's terrific. Now, you obviously had have had to deal with it relative to life-threatening situation, dramatic situation. Is uh, this the kind of thing that can be kind of learned and done on more of a developmental kind of basis? I mean, we all deal with adversities. Fortunately for for many of us, it's not the same kind of adversity that you had to deal with at that particular time. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, maybe a boss who isn't all that nice to you. Uh, maybe kids don't always mind you. Uh, maybe spouse doesn't always <laughs> respond the way that you would like. Uh, maybe, you know, you're reaching a point in your life where you're not going to achieve everything that you had hoped to, but it's not dramatic. You know, you're still, right. you know, you're drawing a salary and regardless of who the boss is and you, you've got a job and you've got a nice warm or a cool house, depending on the season. I, I know a lot of times preventive stuff doesn't get kind of the, the sexy motivational kind of thing that, that sometimes dealing with trauma or drama does, but uh, are the principles useful and in, in for pretty much everybody? Um, I have literally coached thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I mean, over all these years, I can tell you that they work 98% of the time. And the 2% that it doesn't work is when the person says, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's your right. You don't have to do that. But I just want you to know that you aren't going to experience what you desire. And they look and they say, well, okay. And so they go off and they don't do it for a bit. And then the next time we meet, we get back. They say, you're right. (laughs) So it works uh, whether you're 16 years old, whether you're 30 years old, or whether you're 80 years old. It doesn't make any difference. And I think that's... One of the truths, and th- I'm so glad that years and years and years ago, um, I discovered that. And, you know, obviously it worked for me to make it through five months of uh, a trial drug from Mayo Clinic and the devastation of, I, I just can't even begin to tell you how having that much chemotherapy in you, uh, what it does to you. It's, it was beyond what I would ever have imagined. I, in fact, I wouldn't want to imagine it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm alive and I'm grateful. And you know what? Gratefulness is one of the great things that comes out of asking good questions, activating your God-given gifts, and then becoming and being an advocate for others. There's something about gratitude that pours back the other way. When you are thankful for what it is that you have. And if you go to Niebuhr or some of the people from the World War II that were in prison, they would sit there and they knew that they were going to probably die. And they wrote these letters of how free they felt. And there was an expectation of gratitude even in those circumstances. So, and that begins, I think, by asking great questions and then activate the things that are natural for you. And then just how about being, reaching out to someone, 
be an advocate? It sounds not simple, but not complex. And it just seems that, you know, when you think about when you talk about people who are in prison or people like yourself who had serious illness and so on, then maybe when we face adversities, you know, even if they're not, you know, too major, that the gratitude is, is a really good thing to, to appreciate that, hey, you know, we've got the ability to go through this asking the right questions, right. And, you know, activating and advocating. And uh, it just I, seems like a real, uh, it makes so much sense. For instance, for those who are listening on the radio or whatever medium that is, if you would just, as we are beginning to close up, I know our time together, but if you would, as a listener, just think, what is it that I could be really grateful for? What are some things? We all have those. And then how about talking or saying those or calling someone and say, I really do appreciate you. I appreciate this. Or if it's your spouse, you know, I know it's been a little tough lately, but gosh, these things I really have appreciated about you. You have nothing to lose. And you know what? It sets in motion positive things that can happen. And, it be, you know, gratitude is one of the key elements. I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's really good science to support the notion that if you display gratitude, if you express appreciation to others, you can really kick up almost a cascade <laughs> of positive events yeah. coming back at you. <laughs> and then I had in chapter eight, I devoted one chapter just on how, so some people want to say, well, it's easy for you to do it. You do it a lot. Well, I have a chapter in there that they can learn how to be a coach, how to coach themselves and how to coach others. Because I realized that not everyone, it doesn't come that easy to. So there's help there as well. Well, it's a <laughs> book. Let me, first of all, let you tell people how they can get it. Well, it's Tyndale Publishing published the book. It's Target Online, uh, Amazon Online, you know, Barnes and Nobles. But one of the things I would encourage the people to do, Rob is spelled R-O-B-B, robhiller.com is the author website. So two B's and Rob. In the top right of the website, you can take a free assessment to know how are you doing with adversity today, and it's free. So go in, take it, and get in a little flavor, and it's something that uh, might stir some thoughts within you. Okay, well, that was uh, one of my next questions as we, we kind of draw to a conclusion is, how do they find you? Uh, are you on social media? Do you have a website? What's, uh, sure. uh, and, and we will have all this information in the show notes. So, uh, but, you know, you're such an interesting guy and such a helpful, positive person. I want to make sure that people know how to find you. Well, the beauty of it is, it is a simple message, not always easy to do, but it's something that anybody can learn quickly and, and take over. Uh, what is so funny today is that Target decided to compete with Amazon. And so you can get the book for a couple lattes, about 12 bucks online. And it's a hardcover book and it's from a, you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting there saying, how does this happen? Um, and it's probably good from the uh, 
standpoint uh, for the uh, person who wanted a book to, to be able to do that for such a, a small amount. Great. Great. And uh, again, your website again is? R-O-B-B Hiller, H-I-L-L-E-R. So robhiller.com is uh, the website. And at the top right is it says quiz assessment. You can click that button and take a free assessment. And learn a lot about yourself in doing yeah. so. Boy, this has been terrific, Rob. I just really, really appreciate your sharing such not just wonderful ideas, but creative new ways of thinking that not everybody is is aware of and can really impact on, on so many people's lives. You talk about gratitude. We're really grateful that you were able to, between you and your faith and your ideas, get yourself through something that none of us would ever, would ever wish for. But I'm glad that it's behind you and that it's formed the basis of some things that can help so many other people. So again, I'm really, really grateful for what you've done generally and for the fact that you've come on the podcast and shared it with our listeners. Well, bless you. And truly your podcast is needed out in the marketplace for a hundred percent sure. And uh, I, I, I just commend you for doing what you're doing. It's wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And on that note, I hope that all of the listeners will subscribe, will download this episode, will rate it, will tell people about Rob, as well as Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. And I hope you'll be back next week when we have another very interesting guest who can help you lead your life enthusiastically. Don't forget to visit the website, the mental health gym, and suggest uh, upcoming guests in addition to picking up some knowledge in the field of positive psychology and wellness. And while I hope that the days of the pandemic are numbered, we're still in it. So everybody stay safe. Just be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Take the message of that we try to promote each week. And we've had an especially uh, important message provided for us by Rob Hiller. Again, my book is Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. If you haven't picked that up yet, you have two great reads ahead of you, if I must say so myself. And on that note, we're going to sign off and see you next week. 